All right. Zach uh, is a movie producer here and has great timing because yesterday I went. I got invited to the new Lord of the Rings, uh, sorry, The Hobbit, I was corrected, world premiere with Peter Jackson and Orlando Bloom, which Zach missed out on. Some people have all the luck, Zach. All right, so these microphones are not the greatest thing. Sorry, I'm a little bit late here. We'll erase this. I realize that's the thing about live TV. Can't be late. All right, so let's get started. Welcome to today's book of the day. The new show that I'm doing live, we're going to be talking about a book that's changed my life. Um, tempted to always put it as the number one author uh, that you should read if you want to gain new insight into the world. Insight that basically you'll never hear anywhere else. This is an old copy. The book is called The Lessons of History by Will Durant. I put a quote that I've said of his. Uh, that has gotten a lot of attention over the years that I've said it. A nation is born stoic and dies epicurean. What does that mean? Well, it's relevant to your life. Like I said, I was just uh, at the world premiere, the Warner Brothers world premiere of the newest Hobbit movie. Peter Jackson was there, Orlando Bloom. It was interesting because after the movie, it was in the Academy Award Theater, the one where they do the Academy Awards, and then afterwards it was in the ballroom where they do the Academy Award after party. And you see all these stars there, you know, whether it's Orlando Bloom, he's in Pirates of the Caribbean, Peter Jackson has done all these movies, and Chevy Chase was there, pro basketball players, and you think, why did these guys, uh, why did these women, Kate Blanchett, why did they make it? and so many people fail in life. Remember, uh, the statistic I recently read is that uh, 12%, uh, only 12% of humans' time, the average human's time, is spent doing something that they like, that they're good at, that they have passion for. To me, that means most people are failing. I'm not saying that in a judgmental, mean way, but Surely you would agree if you're going through your life and 88% of the minutes that you are awake are spent in something that you don't feel flow in. That's the word that Mihail Csikszentmihalyi, the scientist, calls it. So what I mean by that is if you're in a relationship where back when you were 14 years old and you were dreaming, that's the best place to start, your, to go back and revive your real dreams. Your mind, your IQ is high. They say at age 14 is when your IQ peaks in many ways. Uh, you also probably were still at home, so you had less fears. You didn't have the bills you have, the responsibilities. If you look at your life now and you go, okay, bank account. I call it the stand naked in front of the mirror test. If you take off your clothes and stand naked in front of the mirror and look at yourself, how you look in terms of health uh, and you know attractiveness, is that what you dreamed when you were 14 you'd look like today? 
when you look forward to your life at 14, where you're like, wow, that's what I'm going to look like when I'm, you know, whatever age you are now. When you were 14 and you looked at your career, what you were going to do, how you were going to change the world, how were you going to uh, how you were going to make money, how much money you were going to make when you do the quote-unquote naked mirror test and you log into your bank account, do you see the bank balance that you thought you would have? Because these guys like Peter Jackson, Orlando Bloom, you're talking people who log into their bank account and have hundreds of millions of dollars in there. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to have that. I'm just telling you they pulled off the dream. They're not the 88% that spend their life doing those things that they don't enjoy, that there's no passion. They're not living what I call the entrepreneur lifestyle. Peter Jackson is, Orlando Bloom is, and I'm all about the good life. That's the lifestyle, the dream lifestyle everybody has. So one of the components is in this book. Uh, it's not just in this book, it's also in, he's written many things. I recommend you buy anything by Will Durant. I just have carte blanche. Uh, he's dead now, but they've put out some newer stuff that they found, some lost manuscripts. When he says a nation is born stoic and dies Epicurean, he just gave you the key to not be the 88%. So what he means by that, let's take the United States. The United States was originally settled by pioneers, people who left Europe, the quote-unquote old country, because why? Well, they had whatever they didn't like about the old country, right? Religious freedom, intolerance that they didn't, I mean, the intolerance that was there. So they come. It took a lot of guts and a lot of character to get on a wooden boat uh, and sail across an ocean. I've sailed uh, 28 days once when I was living with the Amish. I went to South America. One day I'm going to tell my story. Uh, I spent 28 days out at sea because the Amish don't fly in airplanes. So I was on a freighter. We hitched a ride on a freighter, uh, not a cruise or anything like that. And I was out at sea for 28 days. We got caught in a storm. Let me tell you, there's nothing scarier, even with modern equipment and modern ships, than getting caught. But the founders of the United States, the pioneers, they came 28, uh, you know, it took months Sometimes, half the time, people didn't make it, right? People just died at sea. No weather detection. These are what you call Stoics. The definition of a Stoic uh, is based on an ancient Greek philosophy, Stoicism, which basically said they were what I call the modern, uh, the uh, ancient investors in the sense that they were willing to forego present pleasure. So the present pleasure for the pioneers was to stay in Europe, right? Present pleasure. They were willing to forego present pleasure for future gain. When you study Epicurean people, Epicurean people love pleasure. So those are the people that said, you know what? I'm going to forego the future investment. I'm going to forego investing in my future because it feels good right now. In the modern world, there's a lot of songs called that talk about YOLO, you only live once. That's more of an Epicurean approach. What, P, what uh, uh, I almost said Peter Jackson, what Will Durant said is very simple. He said that great nations are born when a lot of people are willing to adopt the investor mentality. They're willing to be stoic. He's saying, 
But nations begin to crumble. Nations begin to die. When what? When people do the opposite. They become Epicurean. Epicureanism was also a philosophy which said eat, drink, and be merry in ancient Greek times because tomorrow we might die. So you are at a crossroads every day. My advice to you, and not my advice, but the advice of the Pulitzer Prize winning author, Will Duran, and maybe the greatest historian and greatest philosopher, I think, of our time, he says very simply, or his advice, if you read between the lines very simply, is that you have to strike a balance. In the modern world, just understand, you're always being pushed towards Epicureanism. You're always being pushed towards not being an investor and being a consumer and going the route that gives you the most pleasure today. And there's nothing wrong with that, in a sense, uh, as long as you can find the balance. Just understand now, the balance is so far uh, skewed away from this stoic approach. These people who make it in life, whether it's pro athletes, um, business people, people who change the world with ideas and scientists. And I'll give you an example. I saw this Stephen Hawking uh, movie. You know, Stephen Hawking, if you read, it's the movie uh, Theory of Everything. It's kind of, a, it's not my favorite movie, but it was okay. Uh, I didn't talk enough about Stephen Hawking, but in there, you see, here's a man who not only has pushed the limits of modern scientific theory, cosmological theory, one of the smartest guys out there, if not ever, certainly alive today, one of the smartest guys. And, but he put in the work. He got this, bell, uh, he got uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, which basically he was told he has two years to, die, to live until he's going to die a horrible death. He's going to basically, you drown in your own fluids is what happens. Your lungs slowly die and, you just, and your brain's fully aware. So you're cogent and you just die. It's, it's a really bad disease. My aunt got it uh, actually and died from it. But he was able to do everything he did from ending up in a wheelchair and having to blink, write books, winking his eye like, and, and using a computer to write books. More than one of them, best-selling books. Think about you and I. How many books have we written even though we have all our hands? <laughs> we have all uh, our health. See, he's stoic, and you and I have fallen prey to being Epicurean. He put in the time, no matter how hard it was. As Al Howe, when I first worked at GE, uh, GE Capital, worked at the big financial uh, side of, of things at GE, he said, Ty, millionaires... Successful people are just the people who do that everybody the things that everybody knows they should do but won't do. Nations are born stoic. They're born and created by great people, but they die when the it becomes too epicurean. Now, what I want to talk about in this book is why does that happen? So I have a I keep the notes also here. Oh, by the way, uh, the book of the day deal. Today, every day I like to do a book of the day summary if you're on my email list. Hopefully, if you're not, make sure you're on there. If you're watching a replay of this uh, on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, okay? Because if you subscribe, you're the first one. You get the cutting edge stuff. Sometimes I do special deals that are only for like 24 hours and stuff like that. So subscribe to my YouTube. There should be a 
little pop-up here or the button uh, and you'll get those special deals right when I release them. I've got all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, so check out this book. It's not very expensive. It's not hard to read. It'll change your life. It'll give you insight into, like I said, uh, the mind of history. Will Durant says, we spend much too much time on the last 24 hours of news and not enough time on the last 6,000 years. Forget what CNN and what all the different news channels and the media is trying to push on you as important news. Don't forget, he says throughout history, the lessons of history, he says, are often more important than the lessons of the last 24 hours. So here's why. So you should see a button uh, on this, okay? I'm going to be on buying this book. Reach out, buy this book. There should be a button right below here. If you're listening to this on uh, audio or podcast, uh, go to my site, tylopez.com, and you'll see the deal. So what's my favorite part in this book? Well, in chapter three, he says, the laws of biology are the fundamental lessons of history. Okay, the laws of biology. I don't care if you're in business. You know, in a few minutes after this live TV show every day, uh, I'm going to be doing today a special, so this is a public TV show, I'm going to be doing a private online seminar that you can come on free. Uh, we'll pop up a button here in a second, you can register absolutely free. I'm going to be talking about how to get a million people, a million people to pay attention to your next idea. Maybe you have an idea, maybe you're trapped in a job you hate, you've got this good idea, you want to know how can a million people become customers. Mark Zuckerberg, we talked about, if you get my book of the day, yesterday I talked about Peter Thiel's book, Zero to One. Mark Zuckerberg had a formula, had a secret that got him a billion customers. But you don't need that many. If you can get a million customers over your lifetime to take hold of your idea, and the average one of them gives you just $15 over years, average lifetime value of a customer, we call that, right? The LTV, lifetime value. You've made $15 million dollars over, let's say, 30-year career, you made 500000 a year. The secret is how do you get those eyeballs? I've been able to get over a million people in different businesses that I have, more than a million uh, as customers. So check it out, register, it'll be in a few minutes. Uh, if you're watching a replay, uh, if you go to tylopez.com, you'll see the schedule. I do these every so often, I don't do them every day. But um, So when I talk about how to get a million eyeballs, or we talk about why it's important for a nation to not just be Epicurean pleasure seekers, but also to have stoic people's willing to invest in themselves and life and family and community. It's because the laws of biology, Durant says, are the fundamental lessons of history. Joel Salatin, one time I woke up and there was a, I was on his famous face farm as a teenager, doing an internship and apprenticeship there uh, for two and a half years. And, and there was a huge storm, biggest storm, I think, in Virginia history in 200 years. We woke up and the, there was a bridge to get to his uh, farm. He had to cross over a kind of a river. And, uh, and the bridge had washed out from all the rain, had flooded. And I've never seen Joel as the most optimistic person. He's a very stoic person, by the way. He, he can be, you know, fun. He has some Epicurean, but he's well-balanced between stuff. But he was depressed. It's the only time I've ever seen him. And he said, I feel depressed. And he said, Ty, remember, Mother Nature laughs last. 
I've never forgotten those words. He was saying the same thing, the laws of biology. Like if you have a bridge and it floods, that flood, when it rains too much, is not going to care about the, your man-made plans to build a bridge. It's going to wash it out. So when you build your bridge, make sure you build your bridge in such a way that the water can rise uh, over it. You got to adapt to Mother Nature. And the same thing applies to the good life that you're seeking. Health, wealth, love, and happiness. You can't just say, oh, I want to be a vegan. Ooh, I want to be paleo. Ooh, I want to be frugitarian or raw, whatever. You have to go, what is biology? Has, what has it set as a rule for my body? Dr. Sharon Molom in the book Inheritance says, the future of dieting is personalized diets. Some people, he says, will die eating one piece of apple. Uh, they have fructose intolerance. So you can't just follow exactly what the USDA says that all people should have a few pieces of fruit. That might be the general truth, but you must be specific because the laws of nature are the most important lessons you learn from history and from today. So what's another law relevant? Here's a fascinating law. The first biological lesson of history is that life is competition. The reason you can't be so epicurean and love just pleasure and never invest in yourself is because, just like here in Hollywood, other people want to be the next movie star, the next Orlando Bloom. If you're in music, the reason that you have to understand that life is competition, see, even at a cellular level, you have different... Uh, organisms and processes going on in your body right now competing for the same food and energy that you have. That's why you have an immune system to fight off competing organisms, parasites, viruses, right? All the bacteria. But that same thing is also happening in a big scale. It's happening in your business career. The reason you can't just say, well, you know, I'm going to I'm going to read one book a month, Ty. I'm not going to invest much. I like to play video games all day or I like to just go shopping or whatever is your Epicurean pleasure-seeking thing. You can have some of it, but if you have too much, you've forgotten that life is competition. Competition is not only the life of trade, it is the trade of life. Peaceful when food abounds, violent when the mouth un out mouths outrun the food. When there's not enough quote-unquote food and opportunity, it becomes even more competitive. And in a world of seven billion people that you live in today, make no, make no mistake, it's going to get more competitive, more. All right, animals eat another without qualm. Civilized men consume one another by due process of law. He's saying, yeah, we might not live in ancient times where animals, we just, animal eat animal, but now you do it with lawyers. <laughs> Cooperation is real, he says. We cooperate in our group, our family, our community. But he says competing groups have the qualities of competing individuals. We may have altruistic tendencies towards our group, our tribe, but tribes compete with each other too. So he says, we are acquisitive, greedy, and pugnacious because our blood remembers millenniums through which our forebears had to chase and fight and kill in order to survive and had to eat to their gastric capacity for fear they should not capture another feast. What he means is, if you're in my 67 Steps program, make sure you check it out. It's very inexpensive, and it looks like I'm going to have about a million positive comments in a year on this program that I put out. It's a 67-day challenge, one a day, and one of them I talk about, one of the, ch one of the steps and how to be successful in the 67 steps. 
as I say that uh, we have the whisper of 10,000 generations. You're not just you. The thoughts that you have and the ambitions and who you want to date and the, the greed you might feel, the selfishness, the lust, the altruism, that's not just you. That's the whisper of the 10,000 generations of your parents and great-great-great-great-grandparents that came before you. Whisper it into your ears, the things that work for them. This is natural selection and this is what makes you and I who we are. Everything you don't understand about life, you can explain almost all of it by the whisper of 10,000 generations. You know why people play video games, you know why they watch TV, you know why people cheat on their husbands and wives and all these things. It's the whisper of 10,000 generations. Things that may have worked for our great-great-great-grandparents, thought processes that were passed on to us through our DNA. Doesn't mean you have to be trapped, but you mustn't understand why they're there. But now it comes into, if that's true, if we are competitive, then listen to this. And this is the main lesson I want you to take away from today's Book of the Day show. The second biological lesson of history is that life is selection. Remember, in the competition for food or mates or power, some organisms succeed and some fail. That's what I was talking about, Hollywood. That's your life. When you were 14, you envisioned yourself succeeding. Alan Greenspan, in this new book I reviewed called The Map and the Territory 2.0, the former head of the Federal Reserve and, and one of the most powerful men in history, in recent history, he said, over-optimism is the greatest bias, that cognitive mistake and bias that we have in our brain. So when you were 14, you didn't envision, envision yourself losing the competition for food, i.e. money, or mates, or power, you envisioned yourself as one of the people who won. But now, you wake up. It's not going to do any good to be over-optimistic. I'd rather be surrounded by somebody who says, oh, I don't know if I'm going to win the NBA basketball championship. But they put in the time and they're stoic enough to win. It's not about what you say, it's about what you do. Talk is cheap, like the old cliche says. He says, since nature has not read very carefully the American Declaration of Independence or the French Revolutionary Declaration of the Rights of Man. We are all born un unfree and unequal, subject to our physical and psychological heredity and to the customs and traditions of our group, diversely endowed in health and strength and mental capacity and qualities of character, Nature loves difference as the necessary material of selection and evolution. Identical twins differ in a hundred ways and no two peas are alike. He's saying, you might have been taught, I have been taught that we're all equal and in the sense we can say that as a governmental, we can pass laws that make us equal and those are good. But when it comes down to it, it's always obvious when you were in school and you want to play sports, were all the kids equal? Naturally, no. Is everybody equally skilled at math? You think everyone's equally skilled at acting? Everyone's the same level, good looking, or you know, tall, dark, handsome, or whatever? No. Now, there's a way to get out of that if you weren't naturally born that way, but we still can't ignore the hard, the cold, hard facts. He says, inequality is not only natural and inborn. Now, listen to what he says. It grows with the complexity of civilization. That means what's going on, what you feel, Oh man, it's hard to get what I want in life. It's only going to get harder because it says it grows with the complexity of a civilization, i.e. the more people in the world, the more 
uh, technological difference uh, innovations there are. So we have to. He says nature smiles at the union of freedom and equality in our utopia. We're trying to create a utopia. Many of us look to the government. We say the government will have the answers. The government will make an equal world. It'll make it e equal and job opportunities equal for all people. And I hope that government does. Uh, but I do remember those words that Joel Salatin said, which Mother Nature laughs last. The best laid plans of us, of our family, community, and government is still subject to Mother Nature. So, what's the course? The course is not that you should look down on other people and say you're, they're inferior to you. It's not to give up and feel paralyzed and go, there is no way, you know, I can ever compete in an ever-growing, complex world. No, no, none of that is true. It, it's a little bit more like once you understand this, you get more excited because there is something on your side that's happening. Charlie Munger, the great billionaire, he said uh, when he was at Caltech, I think he went to Caltech, he was studying to be an aerodynamics engineer or something like that. And he said there was one kid that was always better than him. I forget his name. It was like Herman or something. <laughs> these are old guys, so these are old names. And he said, you know, this Herman guy, he looked over, Charlie Munger looked at Herman and said, I will never be as good at aerodynamic engineering and math as that kid. So he dropped out of the program and he went into business. He said, this is where I can compete. See, he went back to the ancient philosophy like the Oracle of Delphi, Socrates, Plato, and he said, know thyself. And he knew himself that that is a place he couldn't compete. So instead of feeling paralyzed by the law of biology and, and Durant's stoicism versus Epicureanism, he said, no, I'm going to go where I can thrive. And almost every person I've ever met has one place. You have one place where you can compete, where the biological laws of competition and the second law of selection will not be your adversary but will boost you. You know, for me, it's businesses around education and ideas. I talk a lot about this. If you haven't figured out your career destiny, you better figure it out fast. I don't care if you're 14 or five, I think you can figure it out extremely young. In fact, uh, there is a good science that says the most correlated uh, component of anybody's life, correlated with future success, is the age at which they start. I don't care whether we're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger was doing push-ups at five years, six years old. Parents made him do that to earn breakfast. I talk, he talks about that in his great autobiography, Total Recall. Uh, I don't care if you're like one of my uh, mentors who now is top, one of the top real estate investors in the world. He told me he started at 12. Warren Buffett started at 7. Bill Gates started at 13. I was just reading about Quentin Tarantino, the great director and writer of all the you know, Pulp Fiction and Django and all these Academy Award level movies and so on. He dropped out of high school. At 15, Richard Branson dropped out of high school. I'm not suggesting you drop out of high school or college. That's not my point. The point is, the sooner you figure out, the more likely you are to be able to compete. I went and saw uh, Steve, uh, uh, Steven Spielberg had a small invite-only 
movie screening down here on Sunset Boulevard that I was invited to. He was there. Uh, never seen such a mob of humans try to get somebody's autograph. I was there with them and people were jumping over me to get to this guy. But he said he started making his first movie at six or seven years old. Now, if you're older, you're watching this, you're 60 years old, there's still people. Ray Kroc, 52 years old, McDonald's, 65 years old for uh, um, uh, Colonel Sanders starting Kentucky Fried Chicken. Laura Ingalls Wilder didn't publish her books till later. Ricky Gervais didn't start until his 40s. I mean, there's no age at which you should feel paralyzed, but understand, today's the youngest you'll ever be. So mathematically and logically, you start today. First thing you must do is identify where you can compete. Now, I don't have time to talk about it. I'm going to be talking about this, especially in career. Remember what Thomas Carlyle said, blessed is the man, blessed is the woman who finds their career. Sigmund Freud, when asked what it takes to be happy, he said, you have to get Shafa and Leva, you have to get love and career correct. Those two things. I would add to that health, right? You get those three, now you have happiness, you have the good life. And it always starts with being stoic enough, being enough of an investor to be willing to ask, seek, and knock long enough. Some people say, Ty, for the last two days, I've been trying to figure out what I should do with my life. Well, that's not long enough. No investor only invests for two days and then gets rich. It gets rich. That's what Epicurean pleasure seekers who get nothing, those people become the masses. And there's nothing wrong with being the masses as long as the masses are striving to always improve themselves. We're all in the masses. I'm in the masses. Uh, that's not what I mean. It's not an elitist approach to the world. It's saying no one wants to live an average life. The average person lives an average life. Nietzsche says every extraordinary individual seeks to rise above the crowd. I hope you'll do that and start by identifying your what I call Eulerian destiny. It's like five circles where they all intersect. Each of them is a hint. Some of you have heard me talk about this, yet you still haven't figured out what you should do. What did you want to do at 14? What have you been doing the last 10 years? You have momentum in what you grew up, grew up around. That's your, Helen, Dr. Helen Fisher says, that's your mental map, what you'll be comfortable in, what you can talk effortlessly on a Saturday night, not at work, just with your friends. That's the curiosity factor. There's a good book called Curious. Curiosity is the impetus to finding also what you should do. And then lastly, uh, what strangers and enemies compliment you on for your whole life. Not your friends and family only. That'll give you a skewed understanding. There's a lot more on that. Come on in the next few minutes. Come on uh, this online seminar, The New Rules of Marketing. But I cover how you need the PPV formula. And the first one starts with a plan, which comes back to understanding the biological laws. So. Uh, for my next show, I didn't get time today, uh, but I want to do this. Reach out to me on Twitter, at Ty Lopez, uh, or at, on my Facebook fan page. It's, uh, slash, it's Facebook slash Ty Lopez Official. Ask me the questions you'd like me to answer, and I want to, this show is live. You might be hearing a recorded version, but I do it originally each morning in California time at 11.30 a.m. Check the schedule on my site, tylopez.com slash TV. And I'll answer a few of your questions, okay? Uh, if you're not in the 67 Steps, make sure you're part of that. Be on my book of the day. It's a free email. And uh, I'll be talking more about my how to live the entrepreneur dream, okay? I've got an academy. It's called the Mini MBA Entrepreneur Academy. 
uh, if you've ever dreamed, like 90% of people have, of taking your destiny when it comes to your finances and your career, doing what you love, making it a lifestyle, not a get-rich-quick scheme, but a definite plan that you could make a million dollars and you could make more. I've done it before. I've seen many people that come through the program do it. So check out the free online seminar. It's a sneak peek into what uh, we talk about in the academy. There should be a button. You need to register. It's a private one. This TV show is public, but a lot of the stuff I do, I like to keep private. We have a private community. You can read and comment with other people. All right, so it's absolutely free. Just put your email address in, and I will see you. I take a five-minute break to drink my crazy green shake here, and uh, then I will see you in a few minutes. So see you tomorrow on tomorrow's show at 11.30 m on the next book of the day. Remember, buy this book. If you buy it from me, I forgot to say, I give you about $100 worth of bonuses. So you can buy this book on Amazon or Brookstones or Barnes & Noble, and that's great. I have no problem. But you can buy it from me. We ship them just as fast for about exactly the same price, around the same price. It depends on where you live. Uh, but more importantly, I'm going to give you my seven-step free. Uh, give it free. I charge 100 bucks for this seven-video course on how, to, um, how I do smart reading. You might have seen my TED Talk how I do smart reading, how I read a book a day, and why you should too. Books are one of the steps, one of many ingredients that will revolutionize your life. So you might be a slow reader. I'm going to show you how to read a book in 15 minutes and retain what you read, okay? So get that now on my site. Register for the seminar. And hopefully, also, I'll see you tomorrow on the next show, Book of the Day. Talk to you soon.